0: Hey, this is Pastor Joaquin G. Molina from Spring of Life Fellowship, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. I hope you're encouraged with this message and you stay the course to change the world. God bless you. Father, thank you for this day you have made for us to rejoice and be glad. We're in the house of God, your house, where the joy of the whole earth, Lord, and glory fills your temple. We see these testimonies and we know it's the works of your hands and the handiwork of God, the goodness of your mercy and grace in our lives, in our families, in our children. As they pursue you, Lord, and as they pursue your righteousness, all things are added. So we pray that you would bless your word and it would edify our lives and it would be an inspiration and compel us to draw closer to you and to do it even more. Surrender, Lord, more laying it down so that we could... See your hand in your life, in our lives. We give you thanks, Lord, for all the speakers at the marriage conference. We give you thanks for Pastor Joey and Suleika, for their organization, their faithfulness, for all those that were behind the scenes, Lord. What they did in secret, you reward them publicly, Lord, and you give them their blessing and their favor and what they ask for, Lord. Fight their battles and have their enemies surrendered at their feet, Lord. They're your people. They're your servants, Lord. Prosper your word in our hearts, Lord. We're in the house of God, listening to the word of God from the man of God. And gathered in the company of the people of god lord where you have promised to command your blessing and abundant life in this place lord as we dwell together in harmony it's a good and pleasant thing lord prosper your word and bless us with it in jesus name we pray amen amen the elements of this stuff with regards to marriage and family and tomorrow is i think it's tomorrow it's valentine's um greater than super bowl sunday um but let me just tell you something, that, that God is the author of that which we celebrate. He's the one that has laid the foundations for all these things. A lot of people think that what we're talking about this morning is not spiritual. It's super spiritual. And God has given us the wherewithal to live, love, and laugh, and to pursue his joy in regards to these matters. Um, wherever you look in the scriptures that God equates to his relationship with man on earth, he He says that it's like a husband and a wife. And 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 so that is the direct illustration of what's supposed to be going on in our lives. A lot of people are bothered with our church because we put such a strong emphasis on marriage and family. And the components of marriage is the essence of a man. For this reason, a man shall be joined to his wife. The two shall become one. And so uh, in that regards, we're, we're right on the heartbeat of God in these matters. And, and we cannot say we know God and despise marriage. And, and plus having the opportunity to display to the whole world that it truly works. Um, when Paul is describing uh, the matters of husband and wife and how they're to relate, he says, I'll tell you a mystery. What is really taking place is Christ in the church. What you're embodying and manifesting is the relationship of God who loves his bride. And he gives his life for her. In that model in Ephesians 4, verse 27, he says that he might present unto himself a glorious bride. Um, 527 he says uh, that he might present her to himself a a, a man's work and handiwork and and efforts and sweat on the life of his wife in her whole embodiment is to be able to return to himself a good-looking wife we always whistle and you know why men whistle at other women because they have an incapacity to adorn their own wife If they made their wife the most beautiful woman in the world, the smile is the greatest smile that could be reflected. Um, A lot of people have told us over the years, man, I want a a wife like Yvette. I said, well, you have to be a husband like me. You have to be able to pour in that you might be able to withdraw and receive the joy that I live with on a daily basis. And so we talked about that in our conference about being best friends with our spouse and being able to uh, have something called intimacy And a lot of people quickly go to thinking about sex. But the word intimacy in biblical terms is into me, you see. That you get to see the deepest sentiment of the heart of the person you live with. And ultimately, like Megan just spoke, that when many wives look very intimately into the life of their husband, they see something that's vile and vulgar. They see selfishness. They see a man concerned about himself and not concerned about the object he says he loves. So we were talking about all these matters. Uh, recently, there was a young girl. She was married to a football player, and uh, he was a wide receiver for the Atlanta Falcons. His name is Andre Rice, and, and uh, he had signed multi-million dollar contracts, and he bought, built a big mansion. And uh, when they met, she was a young celebrity all-star also, and, and, and she went to his house for the first time when they were getting to know each other. and It was empty. The whole mansion didn't have any furniture. And she said to him, "Why does your house not have any furniture?" And he says, "I'm waiting to marry my princess so that she could come and adorn my palace. So when I marry you, you're going to do all that in my house." And the next thing that happens is she was married a couple of years with him. When all of a sudden she returns to the house one day and she sees that there is no apparent use of their master bedroom, but in their guest room all those sheets are moved and rattled and she's like, why are you sleeping in the master bedroom? She shows up early to surprise him and he's there and he says, no, I don't know. I just decided to sleep here tonight. And she goes, no, that doesn't sound right. And she started looking throughout the room and the guest room in this huge mansion. And when she opens up the closet, she finds a young lady that's hiding in the closet of her husband's house. And so that was a falling out in that relationship in a real powerful way. And this young girl who was newly married, her heart was broken. And one day she walked into the master bedroom and she went into the walk-in closet. It looked like a huge, a huge boutique of all his clothes. And he had over 300 tennis shoes. And they were all from every color and the brand names that he liked. And they were full of that closet. And it just struck her a couple years into their marriage that he had never bought her any tennis shoes. And so she decided to send a message across in that intimacy looking into his life She grabs all his shoes and she sticks them in the whirlpool of their huge master bedroom bathroom 300 pairs of shoes in a big master bedroom a whirlpool and she throws kerosene or gasoline on top of the shoes and she lights them on fire she wants to send a message you're a pig you're a selfish pig I've, i've in my intimacy to your life there's no reality of love and so she lights those tennis shoes on fire what ultimately ended up happening is that the whole house burned down. And so that's the calamity of what people are living here upon the earth when they are prosperous economically and wealth-wise. They don't know how to love their spouse. They don't know how to walk in the blessings of God. Just this week, I was telling the people yesterday, I was reading an article of a man here in Miami Lakes that his best expression and gift to his family was to take his 12-year-old daughter, and shoot her in the head, and his nine-year-old boy shoot him in the head, and then turn the gun upon himself, and that just happened right up the road here, and he killed his oldest daughter, 12 years old, his young son, nine years old, and then he killed himself, and he left his wife, who he was separated from here upon the earth, um, to live nightmare perpetually, and so that becomes now an incident that God is concerned about, and we, I can tell you that, that we're a church after God's heart when we are Uh, restoring marriages and restoring families and desiring to lift up a generation that takes god serious while other churches are fooling around and they're not walking in the dictates of the principles of god's word as we read the word we have uh, passages like first thessalonians 4 and verse 1 he says furthermore i beseech you brethren and i exhort you by the lord jesus that you have received from us how you ought to work How you ought to walk in a life that pleases God. And so one of the things that struck people very bizarre and unusual about our marriage conference is that there was no religiosity. There wasn't this thing about, holy brethren, we come here together. There wasn't none of that. It was raw and it was real. We even slow danced. When I told, I was up there dancing with Yvette, I said, holy mackerel, they're making out. I knew that the dance had gone too far. I said, this got a little bit too intimate and close, and we better cut the song short. Otherwise, the people are getting very intimate. In our marriage conference, we want that to be a reality, that there would be nothing closer to a man than his wife. Nothing closer to a woman than the affection of her husband. And so that makes for a solid life, man. You whistled as you work. You go to work on Monday morning. You're whistling because you have an awesome marriage. You have a great relationship. You're looking forward to come back home and not stay out late. So he says here, and this is Paul. He says, listen, what you saw from us and you received, you saw how we ought to walk to please God. And then I am freaked out. Because as he makes an illustration, the next step into pleasing God is not some stick yourself in a prayer closet or stick yourself in some deep Bible revelation and mystery, some profound theology. He comes to the simple scenario, verse 2, as the commandment of the Lord says, for you know the commandment of the Lord he gave you through Jesus Christ. What are these commandments? What are these principles? Verse 3. The will of God is your sanctification, that you keep yourself from sexual immorality. What are you talking about, Paul? That your spiritual excellence is defined by the relationship you have with your spouse. Because if you're muddling into some sexual perversion, you're not ready to offer your wife what she's seeking. And when a woman seeks intimacy, the last thing in her mind is physical attraction. She's looking for a spiritual connection. She's looking to be loved, not to be made love. See the difference? And so we said to the men yesterday, you have it all wrong when you think about romance that your wife is thinking about being naked in bed with you. Ooh. No, she's thinking about, are you caring for me? Are you concerned with the heavy weight and burden upon my heart? Because if you're not, then we're not going to connect physically and so this is the mystery that men wonder all over the world why their wives don't want to be attracted to them intimately and it's because these men are disconnected spiritually they're disconnected in the most intimate essence of a woman's existence which is what is her cares and concerns her fears and her worries in this life Because if you're meeting those needs, let me tell you, my friend, you will have a perpetual honeymoon at home. And all the men say, amen. So here Paul begins to say, listen, uh, think about sanctifying and abstaining from things that disconnect with immorality with regards to sex. Verse 4, that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor. This pathway of God To clear up the mess in our homes allows for us to be at the highest expression of those things that show that you're pleasing God. He he goes from how you ought to walk in pleasing God. And now he's in the deepest part of the marriage relationship between a man and a woman. And so many churches are missing it. And it's filling our churches with divorce. With the plague and the disease of our generation, which is a disintegrated family, a broken family. It's not to be mentioned among us that a wife does not respect her husband and that a husband not love his wife. This is the essence of our expression of glory upon this earth. If the home is not working, then church is a facade and a fraud. If we're not having better marriages than the Kardashians and Kanye West, it's because we have not understood the depth of what God is teaching us in his word. Verse 5, he says, everyone should keep uh, care of how they uh, relate with regards to their vessels. And the first thing he says is make sure that you don't invite to your marriage the passion of lust. The marriage relationship is not about you watching pornography or you getting off intimately with the nakedness of other persons. How horrible in my law practice, uh, tons upon tons of divorces. The woman would confess the first thing that my husband did on our honeymoon was put a a video, a pornographic video in our holy marriage honeymoon to try to keep up with the perversions of his lust and draw them into the marriage bed. Because he had no clue that marriage was about holiness and purity. And he's been defiled from a young age watching pornos and porno magazines and everything twisted sexually. And then when he jumps in bed with his wife, he wants to recreate that which is twisted and that which is not of God. And he doesn't understand he married a blessed virgin and he wants to tangle with the brothel of a whore in the intimacy of the marriage bed. And so Paul says, listen, these things about pleasing God is that we're not moving in the passions of lust. Men who hear me all over the world do not bring perversion into your relationship. And all these bridal showers and all these Uh, what are they called, single, they say goodbye to your singleness, bachelorette parties, they give the girl all manner of skimpy clothes so that she walks out of her intimate chambers dressed like a prostitute. And she's trying to emulate what this world has infected us with, trying to say that your husband's going to be attracted to you if you walk around like Stormy Daniels. A porno queen. And so something has gone severely wrong when we haven't impressed upon our young men to keep it pure. The power of manhood is the power of purity. And your wife does not appreciate you diminishing her dignity and her worth to something along the lines of a woman who has no dignity. And is going around trying to get paid for her sexual acts. Go back to verse five. He says, "Not in the passions of lust, like the Gentiles who do not know God." Are we bringing that into our marriage? Are you the man who's supposed to be the gentleman and the one who ushers in the 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 amazing qualities of Christ, and you wanting you and your wife to suck the gutter? Let it not be named among you, sexual perversion and all the things the world does. We're not going to celebrate the marriage bed with perversion. We're not going to be in there doing what what all these people do that do not know God. And their pursuit is not dignity and, and worth, it's passions of lust. And that's why many of these men, and I'll tell you the truth, these men end up despising their wives and they end up with another man. That's the story. These men who have delved into the depth of the passions of the lust have not kept their wives. The spirit that has come upon them has now diverted and they're attracted men upon men and women upon women. The story was here in Miami. I met a man who was married to a woman. They had three beautiful girls. I think they were even triplets. And he was a a very incredible businessman And and he decided to bring pornography into his relationship, and his wife took off with the nanny. Because it was the fruit of the perversion he brought into the marriage bed. And so we like to say in this place, Happy Valentines. What are you talking about, Pastor? We're being real here today. We're talking about God. We're talking about the things of God. We're talking about the Word of God. And He wants us to live differently, not in the passions of lust. Quit cultivating what you desire in intimacy the way the world cultivates. Don't walk in the passions of lust. Not like the Gentiles, not like those who do not know God. I'm not going to model my future and my family after these things. So when I first got saved, it was very customary for fathers to go around and to give their daughters birth control pills. Pill, honey, you go have fun, just don't make babies. And that meant sleep with everybody you want Experiment and have a great time so that when your husband gets you, there's a mess upon his hands. And there's no way to walk in that regard. Verse 6, he keeps on going. He says not that no one should take advantage and defraud his brother in any manner. I was telling the women yesterday, your husband's not attracted to you because of your physical expressions manifest. If that's all that connects you to your husband, he could go right down the street and find a new and improved model. Your relationship has to be deeper than the physical attraction of outward bodily adornment. There has to be something more precious. And the Bible says it's the inner woman. It's the inner hidden woman. The man is attracted to something pleasant that draws you in the direction of of your wife because of a, uh, it says a quiet and gentle spirit. I can't can't stand when, when I'm walking anywhere and I hear that the woman is the loudest voice in the room. And I know that there's something wrong there. As the Bible says, what's attractive is a gentle and quiet spirit. And this does not mean to muzzle or stifle your wife. It's just it's appropriate and dignified to know how to talk and when to talk. And there are some women who have no boundaries. Just be yourself, express yourself, do yourself, and you're going to see you quickly become super unattractive. I have three boys, and they're looking for godly women during their single years, and they were not looking for a boisterous and loud and awkward woman because that embarrasses the relationship. But, But there's a spirit that's attractive, and it's an inner spirit. He says, make sure you don't take an advantage because the Lord is the avenger of all such things. Also, we forewarned you and testified. God is the one who is uh, making sure that he's excising the consequences to behavior that are either pleasing to God or that are not pleasing. If you want to be a man who is attractive to your spouse, please God. If you're a woman who wants to get married, please God. Quit walking in the fashions of this world. They were saying, why is Valentine's a time of love and celebration? We said that scientists went out to the jungle and they started listening to the sounds. And all the mating calls were happening in February 14th, greater than any other day of the year. That's how they picked Valentine's Day. They went out to the jungle and they heard one of the mating calls. Come here, come here. And across the jungle, the man would say, I'm coming. Hold on, I'm coming. And that's the attraction. To be able to walk as God wants us to walk so we receive what God wants us to receive. And he says, God is the one who's the referee in these matters. And I forewarn you and testify of these things. Verse 7, he says this, for God did not call us to twistedness but to holiness. God did not call us to things twisted. And, and you know, I'm, I'm for whatever it's worth, we've been in the church for a long time here, 24 years, and we've raised up babies. I think Nick was three years old when, when we started church, and Corey was three years old, and now they're a husband and wife. Um, they're cousins, but they each got their own marriage partner, and and they're saying, we want, to, we want to what we saw in our parents' life. We want the blessing of the Lord. We want the goodness of God. We want the fruitfulness of doing what it takes. And, and for all these people that tell you, yeah, well, it didn't work out for me, you didn't do it like God wanted you to do it. You didn't do, you weren't zealous to pursue the heart of God. Maybe, maybe because your heart was indifferent towards God in that season, you were picking a spouse. And so these matters are super holy expressions of spirituality, the likes of which I'm not interested in religion and going about life preaching a gospel when i don't enjoy my wife and i don't enjoy our company and so i always say if it's not good to import if what we have is not good for ourselves why are we going to export it if it's not real among us and we're doing a difference then i don't want to be part of religious rhetoric and expression but god did not appoint us to things twisted and unclean and filthy but to holiness and so that is the greatest expression of of our unit in marriage. It's a blessing for our families. It's a blessing for our children. It's the glory of our children, the Bible says. A husband and wife that come together in marriage as as mom and dad are a glory expression that causes the heart of our children to rejoice. So these matters are huge and much to talk about. In verse 8, he who despises these things does not despise Bishop Joaquin Molina or some man of God or some preacher. He who rejects this does not reject man, but he rejects God who has given us his Holy Spirit and are leading us in these ways. So Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your blessing of your word. It is our meditation day and night so that we would be like a tree planted next to the waters. Our leaf will not wither we will give forth much fruit. Whatever we do will prosper. Bless the families in this church. Bless those that put the marriage conference together. Let it be an extension of the heart of God to heal the nations. We give you thanks for every man in our ministry, every man that listens to this word, every woman who is receptive to welcome the wisdom of God and become a virtuous woman. And Father, bless our children that they might follow the ways of the Lord and not be lost in the passions And the callings of disorderly life, of sexual perversion, immorality, immaturity in this world. We pray your glory would rest upon us. That you would keep us this week, Lord. And that you would favor us as we get prepared to march out to Oregon on Thursday with a team of 20 men to do a men's conference. We want your hand to be upon our lives. We want us to be a solid group of men that are committed to pursuing your purposes and exporting What you have poured out in this ministry to change the world. We give you thanks for bringing Pastor Oscar and Isabel back safe home from their missionary travels, Lord. We'll hear what happened with them and their work on Wednesday night. And we just pray that your hand would be upon them strong, that you give us the desires of our heart, that the works of our hands would be blessed this week, Lord, and that we would be, Father God, generous in all manners, to the kingdom of God and to the work for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray, and the people of God say amen, amen, and amen." amen. Greet each other in the love of the Lord. No men's meeting tomorrow night. Celebrate your wife.